I don't know. How many time zones are there? Like, <laughs> I think three. Three? No, because there's mountain Pacific, time. There's Pacific, Central, and then Eastern. Mountain time's not a thing? Am I just imagining um, that? Did I make that up? Honestly, you <laughs> could be right. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> All right, let's go. Welcome to the Mirrored Universe. My name is Clarissa. <laughs> no. Well, hey, welcome to the Mirrored Universe. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm so excited to be here. I know. I'm so excited to have you. This is so fun. Did you want to do... Can you still hear me? Are you good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you want to do like an introduction and kind of just like say who you are and what you're about? Sure. Well, uh, my name is Faith Vincent. I am a mom of two. Um, I own a body fitness studio, an online jewelry boutique, um, and I'm a whore online. <laughs> uh, to the point, so much of a whore online that I get banned from multiple social media platforms. <laughs> but I love that you mentioned that you're a mom before all of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mom first. Mom first, four seconds. Exactly. <laughs> Have you? Mom first, and that's why I'm homeschooling my kids because I don't want them to get bullied. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm thinking about them. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want, I don't want kids to. Is be that really why you're gonna homeschool? That's a big reason, honestly. I mean, I can I see that. School. I mean, you live in like a smallish community too, don't you? Yeah, so, everybody knows me in this town. So, well, I mean, like, you I don't make it hard for people to know you with your freaking giant ass car to flag down. Exactly. And well, I'm actually taking my logo off the back of it because I'm scared now that I do like sex work. I'm like, uh, I don't want somebody because I already have like local people who are all my OnlyFans, like really like all about me, and they like come to my piercing studio now. And so I'm like, I just need to take that shit off. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm you're also out, a but, menace uh, to society on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing um, about living in this town that I live in is kind of a smaller town. It's growing. It's like a mid. It's a middle town. It's not super small, but it's not so. It's not as big as Bakersfield was. Um, but like the thing about algorithms is, it shows you to people locally first. So I'm not kidding. Like I'm not here to gas myself up every time I go out of my house. Somebody's like, "Hey, Faith. Oh my God, Faith. Like I follow you on Instagram." Blah, blah, blah. Like so, it happens everywhere I go. People recognize me in this town, and it's so weird that I'm like. Sometimes I like am weirded out that I'm perceived like because of the shit that I post online. And they're like, "I love your stories," and I'm like, "I can't believe people actually watch those." <laughs> Like, you just think you're talking to yourself, and really your entire town knows exactly what the fuck you're doing at all moments. Uh, well, it, what freaks me out a lot of the times, too, is I can see when people share my things, but they're, like, through DMs, so I can't see who does it or whatever, so I'm always uh, like, oh, I bet there's, like, locals, like, just sharing my shit to each other, but it doesn't bug me. I would not like that. Like, I like pay that. my fucking car payment with this shit, so. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> And you said, like, you even noticed when they're, like, subscribed on OnlyFans and shit. Like, you know, like, local bitches are, like, subscribed to you. Yeah, well, what's crazy is some people just use their government name on there. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm like, at least, at least hide it, you freaking little weirdo. And honestly, it really doesn't bug me that much. I've already, I have blocked somebody already just because I, I don't want them personally seeing that stuff for me. Um, but for the most part, I don't really care. Like, that's, I mean, if they're going to pay the money, they're going to pay the money. I don't really give a shit. Have you, like, gotten judged more, like, by any friends or family now that you're, like, doing OnlyFans? Honestly, I'm sure they saw this shit coming. <laughs> like, and I don't feel like I could disappoint them any more than I already have. I was a stripper when I was 18, so, like, at least, like, this is, like, from the privacy of my phone. I'm also, like, not doing anything too crazy. I'm literally just showing my boobs. So yeah. it's like, I mean, we all have boobs. Why not show them for money? So, I mean, and, like, even, like, uh, my partner's family, his aunt texted me the other day. She was like, damn, top 4%, like, go off. I was like, yeah. Love like, they're pretty shit. supportive for the most part. So I'm very lucky. I'm sure there are people who are haters about it, uh, but it, I I just can't care. Like, I just don't. <laughs> I, I, I see the money coming in, and I'm like, this is more important to me than what some local bitch who I went to high school with thinks. Like, I literally don't care. There's, like, so many different directions I want to go with this because, like, so many questions revolve around this. But I just, like, want to go back to, like, the origins. Like, how did... How did you, like, start being a fucking menace? Like, what what is your background? What is your hood rat days? Like, give us kind of, like, a bag background to, like, who you were and, like, how that evolved to who you are now. It's so weird because even as a child, I've kind of had this crazy, like, just I've always been super different. I My AirPods are literally falling out and I'm so scared to touch them. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Me. You need those Raycons. Oh, I think I got it. Okay, everything's fine. Is it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always been, like, different. And, like, I used to go to public school in Louisiana. That's where I was raised. And you had, in public school in Louisiana, you have to wear uniforms. But I would find any way I could to, like, stand out in a uniform. So, like, and thankfully my granny was, like, very supportive. She, like, her, she loves Janis Joplin. She loves, like... Dolly Parton, like super outwardly people, but her, she herself wasn't ever really like that. But I think she let me do it because she appreciated that so much. So like, when we would go to school shopping, she's like, "Okay, babe, let's go find you some fun jewelry." And I would wear like rainbow necklaces. And <laughs> one time she got me Nikes that were like decked out in rainbow. Like anything that I could have that would make me stand out, she would always like let me do it. And that's I liked like being different. And of course, as I aged out of elementary school into middle school, that's kind of where bullying starts which honestly i was rightfully bullied i fucking needed it i was a crazy person and severely severely mentally ill but also underdeveloped um so i used to like i moved in with my mom at this point and i love my mom her and i have a great relationship now but she was a young mom and so she wasn't home a lot i was just like left to my own devices so i was just doing i was a hot cheeto girl to the fucking extent i had like a I had a haters chain. Like, I thought I was Nikki Fucky Minaj. Like, I was, like, I was trying to fight all the time, and nobody would fight me because nobody wants to fight a girl who wants to fight. <laughs> I've never been in a fight, but I would always, like, try and fight, and nobody would do it. And um, I even wanted my ass beat. I was like, can somebody just beat my ass while I shut the fuck up? Like, <laughs> it was so bad. And then um, I lived with my mom for about four years, and then that's when I moved out to Bakersfield, and I think I chilled out a little bit there, but even then, I was still... I wasn't as hood right because my grandma was like more involved so I wasn't like sneaking out I wasn't doing drugs 
I wasn't like I was more focused on school and sports and stuff. So it kind of mellowed me out. But then I discovered roller skating again. And once I like moved out of the house and turned 18, I finally felt free to like be myself. And like, I like, I've always been attracted to like the sexual lifestyle. I've always loved presenting myself sexually. And so I started dancing and I was actually really surprised. Most of my family was like, meh. Like I'm sure they saw it coming. I'm sure they were just glad I wasn't 16 and pregnant. Were you um, dancing so, in Bakersfield? Yeah, I worked at, first I started at Deja Vu as a waitress, and then I moved okay. to the other one, like, something kitty. Exotic kitty, like, right off yes. Buck Owens. The ghetto. The ghetto. Yeah, oh, for real. I mean, that's, like, where all of our strip clubs, or, yeah, like, all of our strip clubs are. It's, like, right there. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's because it's a zoning issue, so I learned from the owner that, like, Kern County has made it so strict where, like, you have to be within... You can hear my child screaming. You can hear my child screaming, too. (laughs) (laughs) We're just being neglectful mothers. Fuck them. They'll figure it out. Exactly. (laughs) Fuck them kids. Um, So, Kern County, actually, they had it set to where, like, you have to be within, like, you had to be, like, a certain amount of miles away from a school or church, but that was almost impossible to do. So, that's why they're all in one little spot. That's so weird. Because, like it has to be a certain amount of miles away from a church or a school and so it's all in that one little area right there that's the only place you can go and i'm pretty sure the town i live in now has that same rule where it's literally impossible because there's not a single strip club not a single sex toy store there's nothing in this town. that's how it is here and it's like it's a pretty decent town like it's a hundred thousand people you know and and it's a college Mm. town so you know that shit would blow the fuck up and it's like it has the most out bars per capita in all of the country so you know a strip club would just like you know just but there's nothing not one like the nearest one is like 45 minutes away yeah it's crazy probably legislation and even in Kern county like you weren't allowed to have alcohol at the strip clubs and like if you're fully nude no alcohol and so most of the strip clubs are fully nude so they just sacrifice the alcohol but it was so weird like when i was a waitress guys would be like can i get an old duel i'm like you really need to have a fake beer like get a sprite okay <laughs> like drink your fucking coke and enjoy the show <laughs> or just show up fucked up beforehand like what the fuck <laughs> I know. Well, normally, one time we had a guy show up, like, super fucked up. And that's actually the reason why I left Deja Vu, because this guy showed up with literally, like, it looked like he had just gotten in a fight. He had, like, blood all over his shirt. And he was clearly fucked up. And so we told the management, I was a waitress at the time. I wasn't a dancer yet. And we were like, hey, yo, this guy is fucked up. Like, you need to get him out. But they're like, no, no, it's fine. Well, it turns out he started a big fucking riot in there. Like, there was, like... (laughs) Like, chairs getting smashed on people, like, glasses being thrown, and, like, all the girls were just like, what the hell, you know? So then I was like, oh, I don't want to work here anymore. And then I waited a couple months, and I was like, I missed the money. So I went and started dancing at Exotic Kitty. It was crazy. And then what, like, eventually got you out of it for good? I say that like it's, like, a hard drug. Like, what got you out of it? But... (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it is because it's addicting. That lifestyle is addicting uh, because the money is so fast. But it's vapid. And I did not not dance, like, actually strip for longer than, I think, like, three months. Because I remember, like, I had all my money, like, I had an apartment by myself. And I had all my money, like, stuffed in a drawer. 
and like I didn't have anything else to do but just go to the mall and spend my money and then it's like I literally bought everything that I want like I'm just sitting here like wasting money and like the the hours were terrible I was like not sleeping properly it just was not and also like it's depressing being in there because I was really I was pretty much sober I didn't get drunk I didn't do drugs I was like That's doing crazy. that completely bone sober because I actually I enjoy dancing. If I could just be on stage, I would feel like I would fucking go hard. But it's the private dances I think that got to me the most. Because men would always try and push your boundaries with it, no matter how much you were like no. And thankfully at Exotic Kitty, they were very like strict. Like if I like looked at the cameras and I was like, they would like send a guy in to like help. Um, but it's still it, it was just it was vapid. It was like too much, too fast. Um, and I just wanted to do something else in my life. So I literally went from being a fucking stripper to being a maid for a year and a half. I cleaned houses for a year and a half after that. And I got paid like $9 an hour. Were you saving so any money at this point? Like, did you take any money with you? No? Absolutely not. No, I blew all of it. And that's why I was like, what is the point of me making all this money if I'm just fucking blowing it? I'm not even doing anything with it. I was 18 and stupid. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to spend the money. And, uh, like, I was sober. I wasn't doing any drugs. Like, not because I was like, oh, I'm going to be sober. I just did not enjoy doing them. So, um, and then I went, I was like, it's easier for me to literally work a nine-to-five getting paid $9 an hour cleaning houses. Like, I was so much happier doing that. <laughs> and how long did you do that? You said a year and a half? Yeah, about a year and a half until I moved out to Southern California. Um, and that's whenever I was waitressing and... I used to work at a roller skate shop. I mean, girl, I've lived, like, six different lives. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then you, how did you even get to Texas? I know, like, your baby daddy came and picked you up. Mm-hmm. So, him and I dated when we were, like, 15. And every time I would go to Texas, he would be, like, my little hookup. Like, every time. And we always had, like, amazing chemistry. Not just sexual, but, like, our talk. Like, it always just felt like home. But at the time, <laughs> every time I would go back, he would be like, I'm moving out to California. I'd be like, ew, no, like, get away from me. Like, I was not interested. But the last time I had visited Texas from California, I had just lost my job. I was, like, kind of just in a weird spot in my life. I was living at my friend's mom's house, paying rent to rent out a room. And, like, my life just did not make sense. And, like, I just wanted to – I didn't have anybody in Southern California. I didn't have any family. My mom was in Texas. And – so it's just kind of like right place, right time. Him and I like hung out when I went to visit my mom. And I was already like kind of talking with my mom. I was like, maybe I'm I'm thinking about moving back in, you know, and moving in with you. And then he was like, well, why don't I just move you out? And then like two weeks later, I flew him out there and then he drove me back. And then three months later, I got pregnant with Sunny. So. <laughs> Damn, I didn't realize it was that soon. <laughs> it was so fast. And so fast. At that point, like, did you, I know you were like, you became a phlebotomist, correct? Yeah, I was a phlebotomist in Bakersfield. Okay. Um, that's originally why I moved to Southern California. Um, I pursued phlebotomy for a little bit, but I did not enjoy working in a doctor's office. I don't know if you know this, but doctors literally get paid for the prescriptions that they write. And so, like, people, like, from sales reps, which it's crazy that drug companies have sales reps. But sales reps would come in all the time and, like, buy us lunch, which was sweet. But then I was, like, just thinking, like, yo, this is fucked up. Like, <laughs> the fact that these people are feeding us so that our doctor will write more scripts for them. Like, that, I just did not want to be in the medical industry. And I didn't like patients. I didn't like 
I, I just don't, I'm not professional. Like, and that was, and, and that was so soon. Like, you were, like, a new phlebotomist. Like, can you imagine what's going on behind the scenes 30 years, yeah. 40 years deep with these, like, old dudes who just want the money and they're just, like, looking. <laughs> no, literally. And, and you would notice, like, an increase in the prescriptions when a sales rep would come by. Like, because I was doing paperwork on the back end, too, and it's just, it's thick. I was like, I can't do this. I also... I'm, again, not a professional person. I was always getting in trouble. Like, always. Because I'd be like, girl, who are you fucking tonight? Like, ah. <laughs> like, I'm just, I don't know how to act in those situations. So, um, I I became a server. And a server, you can kind of get away with that a little bit more. But still, I was getting in trouble all the time. I got bad reviews all the time. What made you, time. like, want to pursue a, I know you were toying with the idea of becoming a tattoo artist. What kind of, like, made yeah. you pursue that and then drop out of that? So, I actually wanted to pursue piercing first. I was a bartender here in Texas. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And when I was living out in California, my roommate was a piercer. Okay. I was like, well, fuck, I'm a fucking phlebotomist. Like, I like needles. I like that shit don't bug me. Like, True. I can do that. And so, I literally... that. This is what made me start believing in manifestation because when I was working at the bar, I was just telling all my all the people who were coming, oh yeah, I want to be a piercer, 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 and I just said it over and over and over again until I said it to the right person who had a brother who worked in a tattoo shop. And the next couple of weeks, I was working in the piercing um, for a piercing, and then I was working in a shady shop. And because I'm a hot chick, the the boss was like, "Do you want to try tattooing?" And I was like, "Sure." And I tried it for a few months not for me i did not i first of all the skill is it's it's it takes a lot of practice that i wasn't down to put the hours into i couldn't get like the depth of the needle right that was where most of my problems were coming from so like my lines were like thin and fat thin and fat thin and fat thin and fat i was having a super hard time with that but i also didn't like the inconsistency of it like it depends on people's skin it depends on the ink it depends on the needle like there and then every day you're doing a totally different tattoo Piercing I liked because it was like consistent routine, like that, 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 like every day I do the same 10, 15 things, you know, and of course it's anatomy dependent, but a lot of it doesn't have too many variables like tattooing can. And piercings are not permanent, so if I fuck up, I can just take that shit out. That's what I was just going to say is, yeah, every time you practice tattooing, you're fucking doing a permanent piece of art on someone. <laughs> That's kind of scary. I have a little peace of mind because most of the time, most tattoos can be fixed recovered um but still it just it's very disheartening when you're like i have an assistant her name's bella and she was my first ever tattoo that i ever did on somebody else and like i'm like i'm now she works for me and i'm like i want to pay to get that shit removed i don't want to fucking look at it like it makes me want to throw up i hate it i hate i and it's like on her upper thigh so anytime we go swimming i'm like put something you need to cover up bitch i don't want to look at that what is it (laughs) of It's like, it was cute. It was a cute design. It was like pumpkins and like a little ghost and stuff, but the lines are so blown out. So blown out. And I'm just like, oh my God, I want to die. Like just, ugh. What about the tattoos yeah. you've done on yourself? I'm actually, I actually like them. Like I like the ones I've done on myself. I did not fuck up on myself, but for some reason I think it's like the pressure of like doing it on somebody else. No, I can't. That's hilarious. Mm-mm. Yeah, it wasn't that my jam. So what made you want to open up your own studio? Like, why your own studio and not... I know you were an apprentice for someone else, but why not just work for someone else in a tattoo shop or whatever? I don't do well with people telling me what to do. 
like at all. I had, I was working at a great shop and they gave me like a good leg up um, and they were very supportive of me, like having my own jewelry at the shop that I worked at before I opened my own place. They were like, yeah, you can supply your own jewelry. So I was able to like kind of build up a little bit. And then that's when my following started taking off. And um, we had an arrangement where there was like a commission arrangement where they would make a certain commission off my jewelry, but they would pay me commission off the piercing. But then they were wanting like commission for my online sales as my Instagram started taking off. And I was like, you guys have nothing to do with that. Yeah. That has to do with me. And then like I would post certain things on my personal page that I was blowing up on. And they would be like, oh, we don't like, this doesn't represent, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not, I can't. Like, I I physically will not, I, I can't feel restricted. And, like, I was feeling so free and so happy, like, being able to be myself and express myself online and then having to worry about, oh, what are my bosses going to think? I just, I can't, I, I could not handle that thought anymore. And I don't like people telling you what to do. I don't like, like, I like to do what I want when I want to fucking do it. I want to design shit the way I want to design it. I want the piercer room to be set up the way I wanted to set up. And obviously, they own the shop. So they have complete right to tell me what the fuck to do. I just do not do well in that environment. There are some people who can be workers, and there are some people who do not, like need to be leaders. And so I knew, oh, I need to have people working for me. I can't work for somebody else. Is being your own boss what you thought it would be in the sense of like, is it easier than you thought? Harder than you thought? Like, is is managing a bunch of people harder than you thought? Or, like, what is that aspect like? It's, it, it goes back and forth. Um, for the most, I will never go back. I was actually just talking to my friend today. She was like, oh, fuck, I have work tomorrow. I don't remember the last time I felt that. I do not remember the last time I was like, oh, fuck, like, I gotta fucking go to work. I remember that feeling. Even when I was piercing at another tattoo shop when I was a server just that suffocating feeling of like fuck like I have to work a 12 hour shift and I'm not a fully booked I don't have a fully booked day like I'm just gonna be fucking sitting there twiddling my fucking thumbs and not get paid because that's the thing when you're a piercer you're commission based and so you're expected to sit at the shop and you're you're treated like a W2 employee but you're 1099 so like you don't get an hourly wage but you gotta clean you gotta do reception you gotta be there the entire time the shop's open even if there's no appointments or no walk-ins or anything so there was a lot that i did not enjoy about that and so switching over to being a boss honestly it's easier to me the mental load is so much easier for me to manage like a whole team than it is for me the mental load of like feeling in debt to somebody else and feeling like I need to perform a certain way for someone else. Like it's so freeing being able to be myself and like not worried about what my boss is gonna think. Like I'm sure I don't, I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't come and see me just because of who I am. And I am perfectly okay with that. But it's different when you're working under somebody and they don't like the way you are. You know what I mean? So. I, I definitely prefer it. I would never go back. I will never ever work for anybody else. I will fucking I will fucking slut myself out if I had to. I will never work for anybody again. I just don't have the personality type and I'm a good leader. I know how to manage things and I know how to be like a respectful leader as well. Um, so some people just some people just can't be workers. Some people are made to like literally run shit and I feel like I was one of those people. So it's so much easier on my mental load. 
honestly. You say you're a workaholic, and, like, didn't you start your business when you were pregnant, or am I tripping? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I started the business when Sunny, she was born in October, and I started the jewelry business in April. Um, So motherhood, like, influenced me to just do better. Um, I, I, but I am a workaholic, but my, one thing I learned from my mom, my mom is fucking workaholic as fuck. I got that from her. But the one thing that I've done different is I prioritize being home. And so like, that's what our goal is as parents, right? Is to just do better than the people fucking before us. We're not going to be perfect, but just do a little bit better. At least learn from their mistakes in the ways that you can. Um, and so to me, that's how I've learned from my mom is like, she fucking taught me how to be a hustler. My mom could sell you dirt off the ground. Like she is just an amazing worker, an amazing saleswoman. She will never, like you will never see her struggling. She will, she literally to this day, she does commission work. And to this day, sometimes if she doesn't get sales, she goes and cleans houses. Like that's just how we are. We are just, we always will figure it out no matter what. Um, But I do prioritize being home and that's why I started investing in staff because I can't do it all and be a mom. And if I'm driving in one place, I'm failing in another. So having the staff really helps me with that. And you're, you're now like a mom of two. How does, I know you had postpartum de- or you were, you, pre- you were depressed during pregnancy. So that'd be mm-hmm. free, whatever, prepartum depression. And I know that got like really bad. And then you started your business and then you got pregnant again so how do you manage like being a mom of two with a new business and like how did you overcome that depression to kind of start your own business um zoloft first of all complete 180 on that shit when i'm pregnant every time i get pregnant i start taking zoloft uh, just because my brain has chemical imbalances already and so pregnancy with the hormones and all that it makes me a crazy fucking bitch like i i was literally having like with my with my first daughter uh, my first pregnancy i was having like legit trigger warning like legit suicidal ideations where i was like this is how i'm gonna do it i'm not gonna say a fucking thing once my daughter's born this i I literally had a plan and i wasn't gonna tell anybody and then whenever i had the thought of like and then i'm not gonna say a fucking thing i'm just gonna do it i had the wherewithal to be like oh girl like that's what they tell you not to do like you need to get help <laughs> so i started i got on zoloft and it gave me a complete 180 and then i weaned myself off of it for like more natural uh remedies and stuff but having two honestly seems a little bit easier it was overwhelming at first uh, but thankfully my staff and my partner like really came together on this and now uh, Austin and I, my, my baby daddy, him and I break up every pregnancy. Him and I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's me being a crazy bitch or the pressure on both of us, but him and I break up every time I get pregnant. I don't know what it is, but we always end up coming together. And now we have, we, we have just been trying to figure out what our dynamic is because we've had an idea and when we first got together, the traditional, he works, I stay home. I don't, I found out I don't like being a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I like to work. I am a worker. It's my jam. And it turns out that he could chill and be a, he's the type of guy who's like, I can make this amount and be okay. That's not how I am. I'm like, I, I need more and more and more. I have like blissful unsatisfaction where I'm like, it's never enough. Like I need to constantly be doing better. So throughout this last pregnancy, when we had split, it was because we were still trying to figure out, we both had expectations for each other that we both weren't meeting instead of like 
coming together and finding our strong suits. And so now it's easier having the second one to circle back to the point because now he's a stay-at-home dad and I'm the provider. And it took us a long time to get out of our heads about that and like not feel like we're failures because we went against the idea that we had in our heads or society had, you know. So we found our strong suits. I'm the fucking money maker, and he is an incredible father. He is so present. He he's a great teacher. He's so patient. He's so good at this. And so, I think having him home, I, I don't think men understand how amazing it is if you have a stay-at-home fucking mom. <laughs> I I told Austin, I was like, if you don't get your shit together, I'm gonna find some girl online and I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna have her come be a stay-at-home mom. I will have me I will have me home cooked meals every fucking night. I'm serious. Like dudes do not understand how valuable that is. Do you know I would pop I come home horny as fuck every night because the house is clean, there's dinner. Like, are you kidding? Are you kidding? That it, it is the best feeling in the fucking world to not to have all of that mental load taken off of my plate so that I can focus on providing for the family, but then still come home because I don't feel overwhelmed that I can actually be present with the kids when I'm home because I'm not like, oh, fuck, well, now I got to do this. I got to give them a bath. I got to clean. I got to do laundry. And then I got to answer emails and then I got to, you know, get the team together and then I got to schedule this, you know. I can focus on work and I can come home and focus on hanging out with the kids and not just responsibilities with them, so. And you recently, like, pulled your kid out of daycare, right? Yeah, daycare is scary. Um, honestly, I feel like she learned a lot of bad habits from the kids. There there were great things about daycare. They taught her awesome things. She's very smart. She's very articulate. She speaks simple sentences. Um, but she's learned spitting, hitting, slapping, like, all just some... No, like, that's, we did not teach her that stuff. Like, she learned that she from daycare. But also, I wanted to have more control over her environment. And... Daycare is twelve hundred dollars a month. <laughs> yeah. so, Fucking insanity. Um, it's literally cheaper for me. That's what I was telling Austin. I was like, it's cheaper for me to pay your bills than it is for me to send her to daycare. So you just fucking stay home with the kids. Because I you definitely can't afford to put. Bo- I mean, I could, but I don't want to. Putting both kids in daycare, that is a mortgage. Like, no, that I'm not wasting my money mortgage. on that. Yes. And I just want to have more control over their education, I feel like. Um, there are certain things that I personally value a little bit more than I feel like daycare does. Like, I value, like, natural curiosity. Like, being outside and learning things naturally. Being barefoot and, like, touching the grass and, like, things like that. That I, a Daycare provides a great learning environment, but I think there's a lot to learn in freedom of letting them play alone outside and playing in the dirt and getting gross and... So, yeah, that's what we wanted to focus on here. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Do you think the education system kind of goes away from kids like you who are just kind of, like, I always felt out of place in the education system, too, and I've always wanted to own my own business and be an author and write a book, so kind of same different path. Is it smut? Is it smut? You know I'm on it. There's definitely going to be some smut, Faith. Oh, I'm so ready. Um, what's the book about, first of all? <laughs> this ain't about me. I know, but I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> it's about four different kids in their 20s who um, are just like, they all just have different paths in life. 
Uh, they're all like, and some of them be fucking. Yeah, and some of them be fucking. Definitely, some of them be fucking. But yeah, they just start having like weird ass dreams that like all connect them, and it's just like about like the different, you know, like it's just weird. <laughs> but people like you would thrive in that, and I'm, I, I to take a break from fucking talking about myself because I literally do it all the time. <laughs> I admire you so much, like as a mother, and like how just. You are somebody, honestly, that I look up to in motherhood, like, especially from the things that you post, and, like, you're just, like, you're, like, half crunchy, like, half cool as fuck, you know? Like, you're not super, like, oh, my kids don't have red dye because it makes them all gifted, but, like, you know, you're, you're down to, like, smoke a bowl or something. You're cool. So, you're cool, fun, and, like, um, you're pursuing things that aren't traditional, which is something that I always respect. So I just wanted to shout you out. Well, there. thanks. Thanks. I try. I, I definitely think there's a happy medium in like everything in life. And I think people, I mean, wow. I kind of like went into this on my po- first podcast, but like I definitely think people house themselves in belief systems and then they like try to just like hold on to that with everything they've got. And it really just is an ego problem more than anything. And so, like, yeah, I try to stay away from red dye, but also have the fucking Cheeto, you know? <laughs> it is exactly. what it is. It's, it's never one way or the other. It's no. It's the same thing with, like, politics. Like, it's never super left or super right. It's somewhere in between those two. Exactly. And so I think, like, communication is, like, the main important thing. And that's, like, something I never grew up with. And so I really, really have, like, had to learn that. And I have seen the effects, like, with my own kid. Like, even at two years old, like, how he's a He literally takes himself to the side and, like, breathes. Because I've taught him how to breathe through situations. I'm like, just take a breather. And now he's like, I need to take a breather. And he just, like, breathes. <laughs> That's so fucking cute. Exactly. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, how do you know this shit? Like, it's so funny. And, like, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome to see, like, oh, okay, I am I am being a positive influence in, like, my kids' lives, and they're pretty cool creatures because yeah, of it. Yeah, they're a great fucking mom. <laughs> thanks, thanks. But in regards to the school system, to go back to your question, um, yeah, I've always, so before I moved out to Bakersfield, I threatened my mom uh, with dropping out. I said, if you don't let me go to this alternative school, it was, like, basically a school where you do book work until you get your credits. Like, if you don't let me go to the school, I'm fucking dropping out. And it was the best. I went to school four hours, and then I went and worked, which is what I wanted to do. I liked to work. I did not like being at school, because I'm not making any fucking money there. Yeah, I was the same exact way. Like, I I told my mom that I was going to drop out of school if she didn't let me, or my parents. Like, I told both of them that I was going to drop out of school if I couldn't take some. It was only in California, but it was some test that I could take to just, like, test out. And I did that Mm -hmm. and worked instead. (laughs) Yeah, it's the, it's school is traditional school is not for everybody and it wasn't for me and i think that's another reason why i'm feeling more and more confident every day with my choice to homeschool the kids the main reason why i chose it is just because i'm terrified of school shootings that is like the number one reason there's nothing you can do to prevent that um and just you never know when some crazy person is just has a wild hair and wants to go and fuck up a school like you just never know it's so random and one day you send your kids to school and but they don't they don't come home and of course that can happen in a lot of different scenarios but to me the fact that it's so prominent in schools specifically 
And then the Texas public education system is a whole other level of fucked up. And just the things that they're choosing to focus on in the education system as well. And they're like erasing parts of history. They're adding parts of history. You have to pledge allegiance to the Texas flag every morning. Like it's a whole ordeal. And it's like, there's just things that I want my kids to learn that the school doesn't teach. So like, I own a business, so we're going to make it. When they get old enough, they're going to come with me to work. And they're going to learn taxes. They're going to learn setups. They're going to learn how to manage cash. How like That is shit that I did not know how to do until I literally owned a business. And I was just thrown into it. And I fucked up along the way. But like now my kids are going to have the opportunity to learn those things because they're going to have time. And the eight-hour school day, what the fuck? Why the <laughs> fuck are little kids going to school for eight hours and then coming home and doing two hours of homework? What? Like, that's, it's so outdated and nobody's doing anything to change it. And so I just don't trust it. Like, there's so much out of my control there that, and then I, I feel like you can raise your kids to be so much more confident when they don't have outside influences of other little shit kids on their fucking phones. I am terrified of that. Like, I, when we were in school, smartphones became kind of popular in like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Yes. We were in elementary school on Snapchat. <laughs> You know what I mean? No. Like, on Instagram, bullying each other. Like, that shit didn't really start happening until, like, high school. And even then, that was really hard and totally different. But the fact that kids, like, third graders have iPhones and they're making TikToks, I'm like, uh, no. And in some no. cases, like, sending nudes. <laughs> oh. And, just, and their parents are just like, here's an unfiltered access to the entire internet and a little device on your phone. Have fun. I'm never gonna go through your shit. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, kids who are like six years old with Snapchats. Yeah, and like, do you remember Kick? I was getting groomed as fuck on Kick. <laughs> I know. I was talking to grown men from the UK on Kick. And like, no, and that's just not happening. You definitely like found groomers on like Omegle and shit, but it was like gone in five yeah. seconds. I feel like on Kick, they really like co- conversed with you. You know. <laughs> The room the fuck out of you, bro. It was crazy. It was crazy in there, man. And, you know, I just saw this thing online where this mom, she was talking about how they have, like, a, a house iPhone where, like, if one of her kids is, like, going out, they'll take the iPhone with them, but it's, like, for the house, you know? Oh. Or, like, it also teaches them how to use phones safely. So, like, if they have, like, one of her 10-year-olds, like, wants to text her friends, she can text her from that iPhone, but it's still like the family's iPhone. They're teaching them like phone safety and phone etiquette and stuff like that. But they don't have their own device where they can just sit there all day and just fucking go on their phones, you know. And I'm not like completely screen free. Like my daughter, sometimes I'm like, bitch, get your iPad and go away, you know. But I, there's definitely a happy medium. I don't let that babysit my kid because um, I think that's important. Technology is not going away. They need to be familiar with it. They need to know how to use it safely. But yeah, I just think the, the access that children have to the internet right now is just very, very scary. Yeah, it is. Do you think, um, do you ever worry about like your daughter stumbling on like your shit or anything like that? Honestly, I've thought about this a lot. I don't worry about it because I think I'm going to take the pro- approach of honesty. Um, Again, love my mom, not dogging on her. It's just something that I've noticed. My mom was very strict about sexual things. Very strict. Like, like, 
if I had a boyfriend, she was like super crazy about it. Like one time she, she did the whole thing. like, tell me when you're having sex. Cause I just want to make sure you're safe. Blah, blah, blah. And then I told her and I got grounded. <laughs> I got in big trouble. She like tried to fight them off. It was crazy. Like, girl, what the hell is that going to do? I'm still going to be fucking. And that made me honestly want to do it more. Yeah. I think we're going to have a more open approach in regards to sexuality because they're it's natural. It's normal. And I'm, I'm tired of the stigma that there's something to be ashamed about. Like, even Austin and I, we're very, we're not like, you know, super intimate in front of the kids, but like, we're very touchy-feely, we're physical in front of them. Like, mm-hmm. we we like to show them that like, intimacy is not something to be ashamed of. And so I think in regards to like my sex work, I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm doing jerk-off instructions to do don't lie. Like, I'm not gonna go like full in depth, but when she's old enough, it's something that I will have a conversation with her about because I think hiding it is just going to make it worse. Um, and then I think if you just normal, because kids ultimately don't care. No, like no, ultimately, no. like, oh, this is what mommy does. They're gonna be like, anyways, can I have a grilled cheese? <laughs> you know, like it just if you don't make it a thing, it's not a thing. Yeah. If you don't hide it, and you're like, like I know moms who like hide smoking cigarettes from their kid, and then their kid catches them, and it's like end of the world. Whereas my mom was just in the car and fucking token up, and I, it just nothing. It registered as nothing in my brain. If you make it nothing, the kids will also register it as nothing, and it won't be like traumatic for them or anything. But I will, I will have to have that conversation with her because she might, or my son might end up stumbling across that later. And of course, it would be very embarrassing. But like, I don't want them to stumble across it and then have no idea that that's happening. Yeah, you know? I'd rather just be open and honest with them about what I'm doing. And you film your content at your piercing studio? Um, not my OnlyFans. Oh, okay, okay. Um, sometimes I do. Like, I am about to film something next week where I'm piercing another creator, um, piercing her nipples, and we're doing, like, a whole scene. But um, for the most part, I do it at home, and I usually have sitters here or Austin's here with them, and I'm just, like, in the bathroom most of the time. <laughs> like, and... That's one something I was telling him. So when him and I first started discussing OnlyFans, he was very nervous about it. And um, I had to explain to him that, like, women don't get turned on when they take news. And we also, like, if we're just sexting dudes for money, we're also not turned on. <laughs> like, it's literally like a business email. I'm just like, da 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 Like, I, nothing's behind the eyes when it comes to shit like that. So, like, I, I literally feel like I'm working when I'm in the bathroom, like, shaking my ass on camera. I'm not like, oh, yeah, like, this is so hot that I'm taking pictures of myself, you know? So it doesn't ever feel weird that, like, he's in the house or the kids are in the house because I'm not doing anything crazy anyways. I'm not, like... Orgasming 32 times. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, shit, one day, you never know, but... I I feel like I'm playing it smart because if you create demand... So true. Yeah. You know, you can charge a lot of money for it later on. But right now, I just personally, my my partner's not comfortable with it, but ultimately, I'm also not comfortable with it. I don't really want that out there because I know I'm smart that once something's out there, it's out there forever, and I have to be okay with that. So the thing that I'm putting out, I'm okay with being out there forever. Do you plan on eventually, like, having partners in that content, or? Probably, I mean... Definitely not men. Um, My partner would never be okay with that, but also I'm not interested in that. Um, But probably maybe women someday, we kind of discuss the idea of it. Like right now, I'm just kind of doing softcore stuff. 
but maybe later on I wouldn't ever say no. So, <laughs> but definitely not men. I don't see myself ever collabing with men. That sex industry and men like kind of freak me out. And Same. I'm so new. I mean, yeah. I'm literally only two weeks into this shit. I'm so green. <laughs> I'm not even really thinking about that. True, true. <laughs> not like Lena and Adam kind of like shit. <laughs> oh my god, I love them, but holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. It's, it's so intense. Crazy, but Austin would totally be Austin would totally be like an Adam type. But him and I have discussed like even him possibly doing concert with me in the future. So okay. if I ever did, it would definitely be with him. Um and I think for him, it's, like, more of, like, an ownership thing. He wants to show these dudes that, like, he's the one fucking, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I can't believe guys would, like, pay to see you suck my dick. I'm like, yeah, they would pay a lot of money. <laughs> a lot. For real. And it is kind of absurd when you think about it. It's kind of cuckish. It is. It is. But yeah. it, <laughs> he's basically, like, taking control of you, but, like, also demeaning all these other dudes. <laughs> That's, yeah, and I'm like, whatever we have to do, like, whatever you want to do. You keep your piercing studio women only, right? So you only have hired women. Is that something, like, you plan to keep, or is that something you intended to do, or did it just kind of, like, happen naturally, or how did that come about? I feel like if I ever hired a man... Honestly, I'm probably going to cancel for saying this, but it'd probably be a gay man just because you have to find a man that is okay working under a woman. And that's very hard to find. Um, or it's hard to find a man who wants to work in this industry that's not a fucking weirdo. Um, <laughs> that is also hard to find. And I find, I find in like specifically in female groups, I tend to be the dominant personality. Even in, like, when I'm hanging out with my guy friends, I am, like, dominant personality, but I usually clash more with men than I do with women. Like, men, I'll, like, I fight. But, like, women, I'm a girl's girl, you know? Like, I, I can get down with the girlies. And I feel like I would have a lot less patience. Now, I can't say on my application, like, when I post, like, hey, I'm hiring, I can't be like, no penises, you know? I can't say that legally. I would, I would be open to a man if he had the qualifications and he could he could handle my personality type. But also, I like to sexually harass my employees. <laughs> so, I don't think you can like, sue I, that legally either. <laughs> well, they can't sue me. They have weed. So, what are they going to do? I, I'll be like, okay, take a piss test right now. <laughs> I always make that joke with them. We're all really close. Like, they'll come to my house and I'll just be like, ha, ha. Like, I mean, it's, it's such a weird dynamic. Like, one of them, like, takes my photos for OnlyFans, and one of them is babysitting my child while I'm taking photos. <laughs> and so, like, I'll be walking around the house in my lingerie, and I'll be like, Courtney, the bottle needs to be warmed up, and Salem, I want this angle. Like, I want my leg, like, up here. Like, so they have seen me fully nude. It's totally different when you're, like, a content creator. I mean, how are they, they going to be, like, my boss is sexually harassing me? When that's literally, like, the job description. Like, you have to take photos of my vagina, you know? Yeah. Like, what can you do? That is hilarious. But I find... I find... I, I just like having the all-girl environment. And I feel like it, it's a good marketing tool for me as well. Because a lot of people are scared to go to tattoo shops because of the men that are in there. It's... Traditionally. Yeah. 
So I, I try to make a very like fun, welcoming environment for women to feel comfortable. Like most women are okay with men piercing their nipples or even being there while their nipples are getting pierced. And I feel like it opens me up to a, be- a bigger, better market um, where I want to be. But I would never say, no, I'm never going to hire a man because I might. But, I mean, that's kind of proven itself. I mean, you already had to expand your business once, and you're talking about expanding it again, right? Yes, yeah, we're working on expansion right now. We're starting construction next month, so. Can you release any information about that? Like, are you building or what? So, I'm currently renting an upstairs, like, loft area in a house, a, a converted house to a business, um, and there's a whole downstairs area, and there's four rooms downstairs, two reception areas. All four rooms are rented out by other girls right now. Okay. But in February of 2024, I'm taking over the lease of the entire house. So I'm taking the upstairs and all of the downstairs. And so I used to be in a little tiny room in that house downstairs. I swear to God, it was like Harry Potter's fucking little under the stairs closet. I was literally like scooching around clients, like trying to pierce and stuff. And so then we moved upstairs and now we're taking over the entire building. I was looking at other spots and I had like a weird landlord who was like, can you even afford this place? And I was like, ew. So I was like, you know what? It's just better for brand consistency if I'm just in the same building. And it would be cool for people to see like the clients who have been there since I was in that little room to see me go from the little room to the bigger room to then the whole fucking building. Like what a flex. That's so much fun. That is so And it's fun. such a good place. And the landlord there is super cool. He's actually my OBGYN, so he delivered both my babies. <laughs> One time when I was I was pregnant with Ari, my son, uh, he owns the record store that's right next door as well. And I saw his truck was out there, so I called him. I was like, hey, can you come over here and check my cervix really quick? He was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I think something's going wrong. I was on like Barrister Hood, and he was like, I, are you pranking me? No, I can't do that. So I was like, oh. That's pretty whack. <laughs> Fate. You realize, like, you can say you've shown your freaking, what is it? Would it even, it would be like your renter freaking, your landlord. That's the word I'm thinking. You've showed your landlord your vagina. Whatever. <laughs> he's like a cool ass OBGYN. He's so funny. I like him. And like, he's like kind of an older guy, but he's down to clown. So like, one time he like walks in a room. And I, my legs are literally like up in the stirrups. And he walked in and I was like, what's up, playa? And he just started laughing his ass off. It's so funny. Yeah. It's, it's, he's a cool guy. He's just like old school. He's like, I really don't care what you do as long as you don't get the city involved. That's amazing. Like, cool. But the city has been involved, right? <laughs> I know. I'm surprised he let me, he agreed to letting me take over the rent because I've already caused so much fucking drama <laughs> at this place. Yeah, I got the building shut down one time because um, I got an AC unit installed and I didn't know the city had to come out for that. But I also didn't know that he didn't have a certific- certificate of occupancy for the building. So they come out and they're like, um, there's no certificate of occupancy here and also you only have four parking spaces. And I was like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do about that? <laughs> so we were shut down for like two weeks, but we're square now. This, we're all legal, we're all good. <laughs> Where I'm square with the city, we're good. How did um how did you even like start the piercing business being so young? Cause how old are you? I'm about to be 25. Yeah, so you're about to be 25. Did anyone like ever underestimate you or just kind of like take advantage that you were so young and like basically tell you you couldn't fucking do it because you were so young? 
I've definitely heard a little pushback from people, but I've always been so hard-headed that, like, I don't... I'm sure people did ever say something, but I, it, like, went right over <laughs> my head because I'm like, it doesn't matter to me what you say. The main thing I run into being so young and successful is banks. Um, I got denied from my credit union for a business account. I wasn't even asking for money. I was just opening a business account, and they were like, uh, you make too much money, you can't get a business account with us. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, how the fuck does that make sense? But then that same credit union was like, oh, you're too young, we can't finance you for a truck. And I was like, well, is it, am I making too much money or am I not? Yeah, what? what The main thing I see is financing because I'm so young um, and because I own a business and it's less than two years old, I get a lot of shit from like, that's like the main problem I deal with but for the most part um I really if if anybody has I'm sure anybody has ever doubted me but it doesn't register in my brain because (laughs) I just refuse to let that happen who inspires you to like not give a fuck and just kind of keep thriving towards your dream and pushing towards your dream this is so fucked up but Trisha Paytas (laughs) shut the fuck up I'm not kidding. I I realized I realized that if you just ignore and you can't be canceled unless you let them cancel you. It's and Trisha Paytas is like, fuck it, I have DID, I'm trans, and I'm Zac Efron, and I work at Domino's. Like, and people are just like, you can't say that. She's like, why? I'm gonna. <laughs> like, it, I just I just admire the unabashed, like unapologetic. Because again, it it has as much power as you let it. Cancel culture has as much power as you let it have. And I am the type of person who, like, I know at my core I'm a good person. And the few snippets that people see of me online of me, like, talking shit and being inflammatory doesn't define me and what they think of me because they don't know me. And I know the people in my life know me. And they there's obviously people in my life because I am a good person. So that shit doesn't define me. Um, and I find that, I don't know, I just, I, I've never just not had the confidence and like fake it till you fucking make it truly because at the end of the day miss rachel gets hate online <laughs> miss fucking rachel gets hate and that bitch is singing to toddlers so uh, no matter what you do you can't be perfect to these fucking weirdos online and i remember when i used to be a cancel culture bitch it was because i had a bunch of shit that i was worried about that's literally what it is it's it's this holier than thou guilty conscious attitude and so when i think about that i'm like oh that doesn't mean anything and you literally just don't let it happen. Like the people who are like, I'm I'm going to take a two-year break because I have hurt so many people. Shut up. I'm going to keep talking. If you don't like it, you can fucking report me until my 42,000 Instagram gets deleted. And then I'm still going to go. Like you can't get me to shut up. It just makes me want to do more. But I'm also the type of person who like, I can take genuine critique. When somebody is like genuinely saying like, hey, this thing that you did, fucked up or you fucked up here in this piercing or whatever i will always be like dude like let me know what i can do to make this right let me know what i can do to make this better but if you're bitching about me making jokes about peanut allergies i'm gonna dog on you because that's just not real like it's just not it's not real it's not are you saying you don't believe in peanut allergies faith <laughs> i'm just I'm saying you're not a disability and i'm also saying adhd is not a disability <laughs> i have adhd that shit is the most fun part about me. <laughs> I just feel like it's so insane. Like, 
how can you say that ADHD is disability, but then, like, imagine saying that to somebody in a wheelchair. <laughs> You're like, oh, I feel for you. I'm disabled as well. And they're just like, dude, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't walk, bitch. And you're like, sometimes I forget things. It's very hard. <laughs> Sorry, Clarissa, I'm not trying to get your podcast. I'm not saying shit. <laughs> I'm trying to make it to like episode like 10 before any, like before I mention vaccines, before I mention fucking politics. <laughs> I mean, shit, we can go into it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking it people are gonna be coming for you just be careful cause it's alright I'm expecting it <laughs> as long as you're like okay with it happening because it will you have to like come to terms with that when you put yourself out online there are gonna be people who think they have perceptions of you that have no idea who you are and you just have to be okay with the fact that that's not true because you don't know me no exactly you don't know my core values and if people aren't inherently good or inherently bad no. no one is just good and no one is just bad. Everybody's fucked up somehow. And so. I think everyone just needs to fucking watch some comedy. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of problems would be solved. <laughs> Seriously. I think, uh, you know, another thing that has influenced me is um, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to. Like, one of my favorites is Your Mom's House. It's Tom Segura and Christina Pajinsky. And they are so unabashed, like, offensive and funny. And they literally have said, like, you own your own thing. How can they cancel you? They can't. What are they going to do? Get you fired from the place you own? Like, they, they just can't. Well, I think that's, like, the thing about being online that a lot of people just don't even realize the own power that they have. Like, they're searching for someone to, like, give them the power to be an influencer or, like, some brand to sponsor them. And it's, like, you literally have the tools to just start your own shit. Like, just go. Like, it's that simple. Yeah. Like, do you want to push toward it? What are you actually wanting to sponsor? Because if it's only, like, I'm so cool, I want to sponsor myself, like, yeah, no one's going to give a fuck. Like, what do you have to show for yourself? Yeah, and whenever I started filming my podcast my my production team was like oh like what's your focus like you want to get sponsors and stuff i was like honestly i don't want sponsors because then that means i'm the whole reason why i did my own thing is because i don't want people to tell me what to do i don't want to feel like i'm representing a brand and i'm gonna get in trouble like if i don't represent the brand properly if i don't say the brand name enough times i don't want their money i'm doing just fine like promoting my own shit and having the least amount of responsibility as possible like like, in regards to what I say or what I do, I can literally do whatever I want, whenever I want. I can say, fuck Claire. I can say, fuck Target. Like, nobody is going to get mad at me for saying that because I don't have these ties to certain brand deals. Now, if there's a if there's a brand that reaches out to me, it's like, we absolutely love everything that you do. We don't want you to change a thing. Just say, hey, I love HelloFresh. Fuck yeah, I'll sign up for that. But don't tell me how to fucking run my podcast. Don't tell me what to say. Don't I'm not sending you my podcast for review. Like, I'm not, I'm just not doing any of that because that would defeat the purpose of me starting all of this. And speaking of your podcast, do you want to drop the podcast name? <laughs> and like, what? Let's get shit fit! Yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> I love it. It's so much fun. And it's gotten a good turnout so far. Yeah, it's um, fucking funny. <laughs> oh, God. It's so, I just, I can't help but be a menace online. And so I'm like, I'm, I know I'm a, I'm a different type of personality that people don't see a lot, so I felt like it would do pretty well. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm proud of it, and it's something that I want to keep doing, so listen, share it, 
um, subscribe because that shit really helps me like want to keep doing it. And do you plan to focus purely on piercing with that or what kind of branch off do you want to do with like telling just fucking funny ass stories and piercing or what is the podcast? Yeah, really the podcast is more about me and my personal life and the people in my life. Uh, the guests that I have are people that I know personally. Um, and it's more about me, whereas I feel like most of my social media was like based around piercing and then I kind of got burnt out from that. And that's whenever I started like really being nuts online and being myself. Um, but the cool thing is it all ties in together. So I agree for myself. Um, and ultimately what funds the podcast is my OF and my body jewelry business online. So as long as I'm able to promote those things and like sustain a living and pay this production company to do this for me, I'm just going to keep doing it because it, it's not going to get successful overnight. I'm probably not going to see any like good results from this for like the first one or two years. But if you're consistent yeah. and you keep going, it will have no choice but to grow, especially when you're interesting and you're a good podcaster. Like you're a very good interviewer. You're very good at getting people to like keep talking. I have a problem with that. Like whenever I have people on, I'm always like, they have to edit a bunch out. So I'm always like, uh, what do I ask? What do I say? And they're like, Okay, so. <laughs> uh, it's like so like, much preparation or whatever I feel like everyone I've had on well I mean like I've only interviewed three people so far but like everyone I'm interviewing and I have like a lot of interviews set up is people that I fucking look up to and like I think is dope as fuck and people that I just very I value like your opinions and your belief system and I'm like that's dope but also like we don't believe all the same things you know that's not what i'm like saying like it's not people who like believe all the same shit as me it's, it's just people just your echo chamber yeah it's exactly good. it's like just people i find cool as shit because you like own who you are and like even like your differences are like cool as fuck to me and i yeah and so like i just like look up to that and i also think it's like dope that you like have been so successful in your business just by being who you are and you haven't let like anyone change that and I really hope like you try to fucking keep doing that shit because that's dope thank you, <laughs> thank you. You're, like, it's nice to hear that sometimes because sometimes I'm like fuck man like should I just like shut the fuck up like, no no but sometimes obviously like I'm not I'm not invincible sometimes it gets to my fucking head sometimes like my inflammatory personality and the response that I get from that sometimes I'm like oh fuck you know like it does get to me but then I hear people like say shit like that and and then I think about people like Trisha Paytas or like fucking Tana Mojo or like your mom's house Christina P and Tom Segura like they're so like I don't give a motherfuck I'm still gonna keep doing it then people still are obsessed with that and there are people who like comment all day like never fucking change never fucking change like it's refreshing to see somebody who's just like, dude, whatever, man. Like, well, we're like, all fucking nuts on this planet. It's also funny because, like, before, I mean, when I was, like, just had my kids or whatever... I spent so much time just scrolling and like finding shit that I care about and I was never one to like comment on shit but like I watched a lot of shit and so I just realized how many people just sit there and watch shit you know <laughs> like a lot of people aren't actually putting their own content out there so there's always going to be someone who's willing to watch your shit like someone is going to be bored enough to watch your shit and then like you could build your own little weird ass community of fucking smut lovers <laughs> that's literally what I did and, it's crazy. and, and you know what's even crazier to me 
I think about all the time how I'm a silent consumer. I, on the podcast, on like the people who I'm a fan of, I never comment on their shit. I never like their shit. I never say anything. So I think about, I have, I probably have a bunch of people who do that with me. <laughs> so true. You know true. what I mean? So yeah. I, I, that brings me comfort as well. It's like there's people who are silent, who are just silent fucking followers who just have never bought from me, have never said anything to me. And I fucking love them. Like, I have so much admiration for the people who I do that to. So I, I hope that it's like the same. You know, I don't know. Do you think it's a hit or like a pump to the ego when you get deleted at 42K? Like, is it like a knock to the income stream or how does that work? It, so the first time it happened, it definitely was a knock to the income stream. And it was more of a hit to my ego. Um, But then I think after going through it the first time, I'm a survivalist. I'm a scarcity mindset ass bitch. So... When that happened the first time, I was like, well, this is what I get, putting all my eggs in one basket. <laughs> like, now I need to focus on Twitter. I need to focus on TikTok. I need to, I, so like, it helps me branch out more. And so now that this got deleted, I kind of saw it coming because my engagement was super throttled. My backup page has more engagement than my 42,000 follower page did. I was getting like a thousand views on my story a day, whereas my backup page has 6K and I'm getting 3,000 story views. And a 50% engagement rate is insane yeah. because normally it's about 10, 5 to 10% like is a good engagement rate. But on my backup page, it's like my loyal followers that are on there. My loyal fans, the people who my, my awesome friends and customers and like I built genuine relationships with people on there because that's my goal is to like make friends with people. And build a community. And, um, exactly. And be- because I built this community, I've been lifted up by it. So, like, when shit goes wrong at the studio, I'll make a sale and I'll be like, fuck the, fuck the city of New Braunfels. Use <laughs> promo code, fuck New Braunfels, Texas, and to get 20% off. Like, and my community literally, like, helps me rise up whenever I fall. And so, that's so, uh, I can't even, like, describe how, like, relieving that fucking is to me. And so, the second time around, I cried for about 10 minutes because it was like, <laughs> it, it wasn't just... Like, the last time they were like, you can ask for a review. This time they were like, no, bitch, you are never allowed on Instagram again. You can't even request a review. There's nothing. And so I was like, well, okay, that is what it is. And so then I just went right back into, like, hustler mindset. Like, and I haven't noticed, I haven't noticed a decrease in engagement or um, sales, like, at all this time around. So I don't know if you know who um, Dope Azula is. He's this, like, weed tuber. Like, he just, like, has a podcast where he just smokes with friends and shit. And, um, yeah, and he's funny as fuck, but, like, he used to smoke with, um, like, us at our old job and shit at Dabber Box. Like, just some kid, like, making his own clothing brand. And now he has, like, one of the biggest podcasts in the world. And he's been deleted off of Instagram, like, 27 times. And still manages to keep the community going. Now has, like, the biggest podcast. Has, like, over a million followers. So... It don't let it knock yeah. you because it's your like you're building your like what like you said your loyal fans and they're gonna follow you you know. And see that's the thing I think about too is I'm still only a year and a half into this shit, almost two years. I'm almost at no, I'm I'll be two years in April, so I'm only two years into this, and I just really in the last year is when I've really honed in on my authenticity and not just being like here's how to heal your piercing. I've been like showing my personality. 
And so I just, I, I, I encourage myself with like, you're only a year into like being yourself and trying to be an actual content creator. Give yourself fucking time to build your people. And like, I think about all of the OnlyFans girls who get their shit deleted all the time. Literally. And in a plug, has it gotten her shit deleted all the time? There's a girl who fucked Facebook employees to get her Instagram back. You know what I mean? Like, it happens all the time. So if they can figure it out, I can figure it out. That's just the mindset that I have to have or else I will fail. And want to die literally all you have to do is keep pushing and I feel like you'll find your place like that's the manifestation like as long as you're willing to put in the work it'll fucking come reward tenfold always so I think it doesn't happen overnight no ever so I want to if you're okay with it I want to do like so that's basically like all I had for like question shit but um I wanted to do rapid fire questions if you're cool with that. Let's let's do it. Okay, okay. So I have like 25 rapid fire questions. Okay, hold on. My AirPods are about to die. Let me take these little bitches out. So number one, what's your favorite movie? Natural Born Killers. If you were an evil villain, what would your superpower be? Oh god, these are rapid fire. <laughs> Technically, you have like up to a minute to answer each one, but oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh my god, um, immediate beheading. It's <laughs> immediate, spontaneous. Have you ever had sex in public? Oh yeah, girl, Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> um, if you could only bring two items with you to a deserted island, what would you bring? Your plug-in I vibrator. <laughs> Wait, I'm plugging my writer voice and uh, my phone. Hello, how am I going to entertain you guys? Where do you see yourself in five years? Um, having multiple piercing studios and being a millionaire. What's your favorite vegetable? Zucchini. Favorite thing? No, to- onion. It's so versatile. Onion. Favorite thing to pierce? Nipples. Worst pain you've ever experienced? My back tattoo. And you've given birth twice. That's funny. Yeah, no, back tattoo all the way. I wish I had an epidural. <laughs> Grossest thing to ever happen to you? Ooh. Hmm. Honestly, not a lot of shit grosses me out, so I don't know. True. I'm trying to think if my kids have done something gross. Oh, one time I've like accidentally fully palmed a dirty diaper like a shit diaper fully palmed it i didn't wrap it properly and i went to go grab it and just palm shit in my hand have you ever thrown up from a kid's shit oh oh, yeah (laughs) especially when i was pregnant i don't know if that happened to you with your second pregnancy but every 20 minutes i was like (laughs) i would be gagging in the bathroom for like everything i couldn't brush my tongue my entire pregnancy this last one because even if i just went like right here I would be, uh, and I would throw up. I couldn't do it. God, that is miserable. It was so bad. I feel bad for my clients. One of the best stories in the piercing community you've been through. Mm. Honestly, I think being able to open my business so soon into being in the piercing industry has been sweet. And um, online, a lot of piercers can be pretty pretentious, but the people who I've met in real life are fucking badass. So I was lucky to be surrounded with very supportive piercers. One of the worst things you've been through? 
Um, there's a fucking Facebook account or Facebook page called Piercer Babes, and it's just a leftist hellhole nightmare. Like, they wanted to change the name from Piercer Babes to something more gender inclusive. I'm like, how is babe not inclusive enough for you fucking psychos? You don't understand. <laughs> like, oh my god, please learn how to cope. Like, that's not how the real world is. Cope. Shut up with your chest feeding. <laughs> I mean, oh, ooh. People try to tell me shit like that with nipple piercing. They say, well, nipple, it just makes you feel more, or chest makes you feel more comfortable. Cope! Cope! Don't get me nipple canceled. Like anatomical. Cope. Literally. <laughs> What's your favorite book? Oh. I'm trying to think. Honestly, the one that really just grabbed me by the pussy this last time was Zodiac Academy. Lots of hate on it. Um, it's a slow start, and it's, it's a little bit more on the YA end, but, it, like, I was so enthralled in that series, so I haven't felt that way in a long time about a book series, so I would say that. Damn it, I'll have to read that, because you, you inspired me to get, um, I actually just picked it up today from the library, because I didn't know if I wanted to buy it, but A Court of Thorns and Roses. Thorns and Roses? Yeah. That one's pretty good. They're, they're the fuck, after book two, <laughs> oh, girl, good luck. Your, pus- your man is going to be getting fucked all the time. <laughs> Speaking of, okay, so th- I think the next one, which fantasy creature would you most want to fuck? A werewolf or vampire shifter. <laughs> no questions before no i had werewolf or vampire specifically and then my man was like what if she says elf <laughs> <laughs> nope okay i'll, okay. Fantasy like, creature. I'll give him that because fae is like more in the elf realm and i'll oh, fuck a fae i don't true. care yeah a fae would be kind of hot yeah <laughs> fuck a fae they have wings they have fucking big cocks yeah Shut me up. Uh, did you ever watch true blood no, I never watched anything like that as a teenager. I never watched, like, the fucking wolf one. I never watched Vampire Diaries. None of that stuff. I feel like you would like True Blood. True Blood's a weirdo one. Like, that one was definitely, like, 14, 15-year-old Clarissa should not have been watching it. And that was at 14, 15 years old. But, like, that shit was weird. Like it, Yeah, you know, Vampire Diaries does not have enough fucking no, for me. Not at all. Like, that is, like, PG in comparison. Yeah. So, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it, it's definitely exciting, and it gets weird as fuck with, like, the magical creatures and all the weird shit that they include, so I feel like you would really love it. Um, what's your craziest sexual story? Um, one time, Austin put his finger up my ass when we were in Vegas, and he didn't tell me that I shit on it. And we didn't talk about it for two years, but I knew that I did, and I didn't say anything. And then one day, randomly, I was like... Hey, I know in Vegas I shit on your finger. And he was like, yeah, he did. I said, I thought that was really nice that you haven't ever told me that. <laughs> Do you have any psychedelic stories? Yes. Um, one time I tripped on shrooms and I had an amazing, my friend has a farm and I love to go to the farm and like, I love to go on shrooms past tense. Cause I would totally never do something like that right now. That's just crazy. I would never do that. And, um, I was tripping and I had I was like they were all playing poker inside the house and they had a big farm with all these animals and so I was like I don't want to be inside I'm gonna go outside so I was outside for hours my phone died I was on this fucking big ass property 
Austin had to come out and find me just to check on me, and I was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like frolicking through the fairy. <laughs> and then it turned dark, and shit got weird. <laughs> okay, so I could see they had really tall grass, and there was like a pathway in the grass, but I couldn't see it because my phone was dead. I had my flashlight, and this property had like twenty dogs. And so I could see the trailer lights from super far away. And so I was like, okay, the trailer's that way, but I don't know where the fucking path is. There's a path somewhere. I can't find it. And the dogs were barking at me because I was looking sus as fuck. No, I was like, but that would be so, so loud. Out. And I looked at the dogs and I was like, instead of barking at me, why don't you help me? <laughs> and, so, and so I was like, you know what? I was sitting there for a few minutes, like panicking. And I was like, you know what? I have a big fear of spiders, bugs and shit. This grass was tall as fuck. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And so I just start booking it through the tall ass grass because I could see the trailer. I just couldn't see the path. So I'm just going towards the trailer. And it was like not even a quarter mile. It wasn't very far. But these guys have not seen me for about eight hours, okay? I open the trailer door. (laughs) I'm sweating. And they all look at me and their eyes are going like this. Like... And I was like, you guys need to stop looking at me right now. Stop doing it. I was like, seriously, just pretend I'm not here. And they were like, are you okay? And I was like, no. But then that's when I learned that there is no such thing as a bad trip. It's just a bad little time. And I was able to talk myself out of it. I was like, bitch, you are on drugs. Chill the fuck out. Everything's fine. And then when I just watched UFC, I watched Derek Lewis get his ass knocked out. And his eyes were going, wee, wee, wee. It was so weird. That would be so Um, weird. Yeah. You have, yeah, see on shrooms would be a weird. experience, but otherwise it was fun. I'm a, a firm time. believer that anyone who like has a bad trip just needs to work the fuck through whatever they're fucking going through. <laughs> so exactly, and like people say, it's like when people say they have a bad day. Oh, so you're in your day with that? Yeah. Or you have one little bad part of your day that you just let ruin the entire day. Exactly, and oftentimes it's like, okay, get the fuck over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is something that you usually need to face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your biggest fear? Um, obviously something happening to my children. Biggest fear. It consumes me almost yeah. every day um, in terrifying you. ways. Yep. Um, nobody tells you that when you become a parent. Nope. There's the new set of anxieties you get of something. You, when you take your eyes off your kid for a fucking second, something could happen. And also spiders. <laughs> <laughs> like my kids dying it's spiders <laughs> I feel it I feel it in my is my kids dying in air vents so <laughs> air vents air vents do you know how creepy they are like what if someone's fucking in them right now just like just watching yeah literally though like I feel like if there's some creepy ass doll it's probably hidden in the air vent like <laughs> <laughs> you know? that's where the spirits live for sure <laughs> Um, if you could travel to anywhere purely for the food, where would you go? I would say California or Spain. True. I see it. I see it. But also Louisiana. Look, I love Louisiana food <laughs> so much, but you'll get fat as fuck because it's all oil. And I feel like it's, like, more homey, so that's probably why. Like, I feel the same way about Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, What's the stupidest thing you've ever done? Uh, (laughs) Oh, I don't even know how to rack the stupidest thing. I think, I'm trying to tell a story that I maybe haven't said before, because I've already talked about stealing my stepdad's car. That was stupid as fuck. Um, 
Oh, one time when I was a teenager, uh, my mom left me unsupervised for a week. And so I was like, what if I got hairspray in a lighter? And I was like in the house just like fully flamethrowing. Full flamethrower. <laughs> you don't. Fully flamethrowing shit. And uh, <laughs> like the fire alarm went off. And I, like I didn't set anything on fire. But the fire alarm went off. And then the fire department came. Because I couldn't get it to stop. Because after a while, if your fire alarm keeps going off, I guess it, like, sends, like, a notification out or something. And so my fire alarm was just going off, and I couldn't get it to stop. So the police, or the firemen came, and the police, and they were like, where's your mom? And I was like, she's at the store. Like, it's fine. I'm just being an idiot. She was in, like, another state. (laughs) And they just, like, left or what? Yeah, they were like, okay, well, don't do that. And I was like. Oh, my God. And meanwhile, I, like, didn't have food in the fridge. I was like, you guys got anything to eat? Got a fucking flamethrower, though. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> some hot dogs, I could roast them. Your mom created a fucking menace. <laughs> I know. Well, my mother's a menace, too, so it just got passed out. True, I've seen that shit. <laughs> um, what's your guilty pleasure in life? Your $20 plug-in um, fiber. <laughs> Yes, and raisin canes. Oh, true. Dude, I will, I if I, if it did not make me fat as fuck, I would eat that bread every goddamn day with every meal. And the key, when you go to canes, you ask for butter on both sides for the bread. And they make both sides so, oh, it makes my pussy wet just thinking about it. Do you understand and empathize with the foot fetish people? Yes, I love my foot fetish weirdos. They're my favorite. Honestly, they're just they. I mean, what's the difference between feet and tits if you really think about it? <laughs> like truly, whatever gets people off gets people off. I, I mean, like it's them. true. And, I mean, boobs are just balls of fat on and, our chest. So exactly, exactly. I mean, feet are just leg boobs. <laughs> <laughs> What's cool about foot guys is they'll like massage your foot. They'll fucking pay for your pedicures. They'll suck your toes. Like, dude, and like, you know, biblical sense, like washing somebody's feet is like the most respectful thing you could do. So, like, the fact that they respect you so much that they want to wash your feet and take care of your feet, it has a lot of symbolism to it. So, I love my foot guys. I wonder if there's like dudes though that like will feed you to try to make your feet fat to get off on that, you know? For sure, there's, like, total feeder canes, and I'm sure it somewhere feeds into feet as well. I'm sure. So weird. I'm sure there are dudes who are specifically into, like, chunky feet. What are your top three pet peeves? Um, bad parents, um, because there's no fucking excuse once you have your kid, like, get your shit together. Um, there's so many resources out there, so much therapy, fucking figure it out. Um, people who don't have desire to want to do better with themselves, whether financially or professionally or emotionally, um, they just want to, um, you know, they're just content with just being a loser piece of shit and somebody with severe, severe victim complex. I cannot stand people who like, poor me, poor me, poor me. It's everybody else. It's not me. Like I, I, if you can't, if you don't have the ability to look internally 
Um, I just, I don't have any respect for you as a person. And I will always call those people out and be like, so you really think it's everybody else? <laughs> not you? you think, do you think that's how it works? No, it's you. You're a crazy person. A lot of people really do think that, though. It's fucked, man. <laughs> Too many people are like, the world is happening to me. They think things are happening to them instead of like, shit just happens and you just deal with it and you just move forward what are you gonna do just sit here and like want to kill yourself over the most mundane shit that you have no control over no. i love when people are like i'm the unluckiest person ever i'm like really? no you're most you're the most pathetic pessimistic person ever <laughs> that's why bad shit happens to you yep yep um who's your favorite comedian <sighs> eddie lederman how many pillows do you sleep with? One for my head and my pregnancy pillow. You already answered this, but do you believe in cancel culture? No! <laughs> Boo! It's not real! It's only real if you let it! Um, what is one thing you will never do again? One thing I'll never do again? Hmm. Get pregnant. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want twins. <laughs> um, no, I'll probably never. I'll probably never become a stripper again, and I'll probably never work for somebody again. And last one. Sum up faith in five words. <laughs> do they have to be a? It doesn't have to be a sentence or just no. five genders. However you want to do um, it. I'm sorry? However you want to do it. Okay, I'll just... I, I can't... I, I can't write a haiku right now. So <laughs> I'll, just do, I'll just do the scripters. Um, caring. Passionate. Loud. Authentic. Horny. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Thank you. Dude, this was cool as fuck. It was cool. It feels like I was just like literally literally it was so fun (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe it's been like an hour and a half i know (laughs) (laughs) where can people find you what do you want to say how do you want to sign this off um you can find me um at faith and needles on twitter on instagram it's faith and needles but an extra e in the needles because instagram silences women (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's been my new trope um you can also find me at faithbinsatbodyjewelry.com you can shop all of my implant grade materials um guaranteed not to react with your skin um and you can find me in new Braunfels, texas if you ever want to get stabbed somewhere so um thank you for having me this was super fun and this i can't wait to come out fun. and visit you i know anytime it's gonna be so much fun real yeah you need to yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure we'll talk soon <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Clarissa. It was awesome talking to you. Thanks, bye. Bye.